Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in to yet another edition of East Coast Bias right here on the Ring of Gambling Show for our friends, of course, on FanDuel TV, the triple threat backed by popular demand. Joe House, Raheem Palmer, John Jastrzemski, the NBA playoffs are heating up. They are heating up in a big way. And guys, I am just stoked. There is so much to dive into. And I guess we got to start here. I want to start with this house. The best performance of the postseason from an individual occurred on Monday night. And I am still drooling. And I am still salivating by what the cockroaches, the Miami Heat, and more specifically, what one Jimmy Butler was able to do in taking down the returning Giannis and taking down the Milwaukee Bucks and some of the ridiculous shots that he hit in the fourth quarter of that game. House, we love a badass postseason performance. That's as good as it gets from one Jimmy Butler, my man. The hardest thing now is trying to measure Jimmy Bucket's playoff Jimmy and giving him his proper flowers in historical context. Because, like, I'm trying to think of all I can think of are, are your your upper echelon, your utmost upper echelon playoff performers. And I, I feel like we got to put him up there. He's taken this garbage heat team to the East Coast, the Eastern Conference finals two out of the last three years. They drag ass into the playoffs this year. I'm mad at them because they let the garbage nets get into the playoffs. They're singularly responsible for the Nets being in the playoffs. And yet, you know, they they arrive, they say, it's a clean slate. Playoffs, like, the regular season doesn't matter. It's a clean slate. Spolstra versus Bud and Jimmy Buckets. Playoff Jimmy's turned on, and bam, here we go. 
a 3-1 series with a one seed. It'll be the first time in history uh, with an eight and a one where that goes seven, uh, you know, where, where it's a seven game series potentially, right? Because the Nuggets beat Seattle, but that was only a five game series back in the day. But that's where we are. Well, the only one you had house, and I remember it well, it was my freshman year of college, Raheem, Baron Davis, and the Warriors taking down Nowitzki and the Dallas Mavericks the year after they made the finals and lost to Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley in the Miami Heat. But Raheem, now you look, questions abound for the Milwaukee Bucks, but yet, if you look at the series price, Dream, the Bucks are still favored to go and win this series despite the fact that they are 3-1 down because I think the odds makers assuming big favorite in game five. If they win game six, they're going to be a monster favorite again in game number seven. But do you think that series is now properly priced with the Milwaukee Bucks down 3-1, Giannis back? Where do we stand on that at minus 125 for Milwaukee? Well, to, to give you a correction... They actually aren't favored to win the series. They are plus 128 Excuse to win the series. Thank you. Yeah, yes. they're, they're, they're slight underdogs. Slight that dogs. gives them a 43% chance at winning this series. And when you look at their odds for game five, they are priced at 11-point favorites and minus 620 on the money line. So that tells you how they're pricing this series. So they're going to be minus 11 for game five. And, you know, maybe they come back. They're probably five-point favorites for game six. And then for game seven, you're probably looking at around nine or ten-point favorites for game seven. So that's why this series is priced the way it is. But when you look at the fact that, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he still isn't healthy. I mean, he had a dominant first-half performance yesterday with 17 points. But in that second half, I mean, they they pretty much made him a passer. So um, you're not going to see many people who are willing to, to back the Milwaukee Bucks here at plus 128. It's just not juicy enough to have to win three games in a row. but So I think it's priced properly. Well, and I want to make sure everybody has this right, because sometimes JJ makes math mistakes. This is taking me back to my time at Syracuse. I, I don't know why I read that improperly. Miami minus 152, according to our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, and the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 128. But what's interesting now, House, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, But all of a sudden, you look at that top portion of the Eastern Conference where Milwaukee going into the playoffs was the title favorite. Milwaukee was the slight favorite in the East over the Boston Celtics. If things hold serve right now, and I know that's a big if because things can happen. Milwaukee can come back. We'll see about the Cavaliers and the New York Knickerbockers, and they're down three games to one. House, we could be looking at a New York-Miami second round series and all of a sudden the crazy odds that you could have gotten on the Knicks or the Heat to go to win the Eastern Conference, they're going to be diminished dramatically because guess what? One of them, maybe just maybe, will be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's amazing. And the way that I was looking at this was, is this the moment that I go fire on Boston? Is Do I, do I have to go grab Boston right now before anything else happens in in these series, because Boston is is all of a sudden minus one twenty five to win the Eastern Conference and plus one ninety five to win the NBA championship. They are by far the the prohibitive favorite now to win the NBA championship at less than two to one odds, all because of Jimmy Buckets. 
all because of that singular performance. Now, you know, there is a bigger picture thing going on here with um, Milwaukee being outplayed and outcoached. And, and, you know, we'll get into some of that as we size this thing up. But, you know, the, the, the interesting angle to me is, is how do I uh, properly measure out the rest of the, the Eastern Conference here? I, I don't think I'm going to invest anything in either the Heat or the Knicks to win the Eastern Conference. But, I mean, the, the Boston pathway is where my interest really resides, and I'm trying to map out the scenarios now. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you look at the fact that Boston, I mean, they are taking on a Philadelphia 76ers team who is a little banged up. You look at James Harden. He's been absolutely struggling. I mean, James Harden, I mean, this guy's been absolutely abysmal throughout this postseason. When you look at the fact that, you know, this guy is shooting 34% from the field, 23 of 67. And, you know, inside the arc, he's 5 for 20. In, from less than five feet. And then you have Joel Embiid, who has a sprained LCL, and he's going to be wearing a brace for this series. So the Sixers have their own question marks. So when you look at the fact that, you know, the Boston Celtics are minus 125, it's that for a reason, but I'm not sure that there's any value there. I mean, I do think the Sixers are going to be competitive in this series. And, you know, God forbid, the Celtics will play the Miami Heat again. I mean, this Heat team, you can't count them out. It's going to be an ugly series. So I wouldn't recommend playing the Celtics at minus 125 at this point. I just I just don't think there's a ton of value. But, I mean, I think it, it's clear that they're the favorites to come out of the East. House, let me ask you this question. You have not seen Milwaukee at this number, obviously, in quite a while because they've been right at the top of the odds boards for most of the winter and into the early spring. Would you have any interest now and getting in on the comeback trail with Giannis, they are now plus 600 to win the title. They are now plus 350 to win the Eastern Conference. You like them to win this series. You're not going to see those numbers again. Can I tempt you, House, to maybe go and get in on Milwaukee, or are you just not in love with what you're seeing? I think they're busted. I mean, the the, the version of, of this Milwaukee Bucks team and Dream has been hinting at it really, you know, for, for for over a month now. Dream has not been a believer in this particular version of, of Milwaukee Bucks. And having now seen it in, in glaring relief, they just don't show up with the kind of physical urgency that, that's required. They the the I, I tweeted last night at the end of the game that this is what happens when you F around and find out. And some people were like, what do you mean F around and find out? They 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 you know took care of their business in the regular season and and you know here they like they caught a, a bum rap in terms of the eight seed being Miami and my point was really the game three game three and then six minutes left left than last night they didn't show up to game three you can't not show up to any playoff games in terms of intensity force of will and and really the 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 biggest issue. For the, the Bucs, is they, they don't defend the three. They tried to improve that over the course of the season. They can't defend the three, and they got cooked by not defending the three. In, in all three of the games that Miami has won, they shot at or over 50%. They were just at like just under. They were 49% last night, but they, they, <laughs> the Bucs had the opportunity with six minutes left. They were up by, by 12 points. 
and then they let Miami score 30 points. That That's just, you know, uh, uh, not the hallmark of, of a team that's got the, the, the competitive will, the competitive spirit, the ability to close out a, a basketball game. So I now am off of, of the Bucks altogether. They, they might end up winning the series, but what they'll have to go through to get there will be so taxing and, and, and put them under such duress that I like whoever they, they would go up against next. Yeah, I, have, I think House hit the nail on the head. I mean, they're just not defending the three-point line, and you can't do that in today's NBA. The Heat are shooting 47% from three in this series. In game one, they shot 60% from three. In game three, they shot nearly 50% from three. So that's a huge problem. But, I mean, in addition to that, you know, I've spoken about this at length, and, you know, Bill and Rusulu actually saw my tweets about this, but... This Milwaukee Bucks offense has always been shaky in the postseason in the Mike Budenholzer era. I mean, you look at last night. I mean, Chris Middleton, he just appears to be a shell of himself. And, you know, he's probably going to, they're probably going to let him walk. Drew Holiday, for as good as he is, I mean, offensively in the postseason, for the Bucks, he's been a disaster. He's like the black thought of the NBA. Like, People keep saying he's underrated, but if you ask me, he's rated properly for what he does, like, overall. I mean, he's just not an offensive player. So um, the one thing I want to say is that we could be looking at the end of Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee because— Wow, Raheem already planting the seed. Damn! You're you're trying to draw me any interest in coming to Madison Square Garden? It's a nice place (laughs) to live. I know the taxes are high, but listen— World's most famous arena, the Mecca. It would look and good I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not just I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. You know, like this team has had issues all year long in, in, in terms of the coaching staff, in terms of Giannis, and they load manage him for game three because they thought that they had Miami beat. And I don't think that's set well over in the franchise. That's what I'm hearing, you know, throughout the, you know, the franchise. So um this could be the end of Giannis in, in Milwaukee. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this thing comes crashing down. Well, we will see if Milwaukee is able to respond. And a, a little food for thought, fellas. The Knicks right now down at 10-1 to win the Eastern Conference. That is the lowest number I think I've seen the New York Knicks to win the Eastern Conference in about 10 years. That's number one. And Miami up three games to one on Milwaukee, 18-1 to one to win the Eastern Conference. And sign me up for a little flashback of my childhood and like old days at the Garden, the Knicks, the Heat, I, I can curse out Pat Riley. Me and House maybe could be down in Miami, have a mojito, enjoy some of the scenery. Uh, like, I'm already planting the seed already. When we come back, there are two teams that are down three games to one. You saw one of the best players of all time turn back the clock late. You saw a brutal beat at the end of overtime. I think one of our buddies is not particularly happy about that certain beat in <laughs> overtime. But who's got a better chance I'm making this a series. Is it the Memphis Grizzlies or is it the Cleveland Cavaliers? That's coming up next. The NBA playoffs are here and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers right now and place a $5 bet and you'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And there are so many new bets that you'll only find on FanDuel. How about the largest comeback or... Both teams to score in the first minute of the game or the last basket scored. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action in America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers and sign up to get $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
21 plus and present in select states. First online, real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling help line MA or call 1-800-327-5050. For 24-7 support in Massachusetts, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9 in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS gamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right, Raheem, I was thinking of you, and I had a couple of buddies last night who were on this game, and I was on the other side of it. And I have to admit, I feel like a dirty dog. I feel like I got away with one. I was on the Los Angeles Lakers to cover against Memphis. I think you know this. I've been riding the Lakers, aside from game two, every single matchup. I just think they're better. I think they're going to win the series. But as I watched Kennard, Raheem, hit the three late in overtime and is under a second left. I'm like, they're not going to foul. It's a four-point game. Why are they going to foul? When I see Austin Reeves get fouled with under a second of play, I'm like, these poor suckers who had Memphis plus four and a half last night. So, as we say, Raheem, lo siento, baby. Lo siento. I mean, that was absolutely brutal. And it had to come from Dylan Brooks, who we all hate. And, (laughs) you know, like, it just gave us another reason to hate this guy. I mean, like, come on, man. But, um, you know, one thing I, I want to say about Memphis is that, I mean, they they appear to be cooked. And, I mean, they need a culture reset more than any other franchise I've seen in recent memory. I mean, you got John ja Morant, you know, a month ago he was talking about doing re, um, reiki or rikiki exercises, and then he skips the, the post-game presser. I mean, like, you're supposed to be the leader of the team, and then you got Dylan Brooks skipping the, the, the pro, post-game presser. That's a disgrace. Like, I'm glad you brought that up. That is an absolute disgrace from Dylan Brooks. And listen, Dylan Brooks has some chutzpah. Dylan Brooks yeah. clearly wants to talk to talk. LeBron, in the biggest moment of the game, gets the N1, gets the opportunity to say, screw you, dude. You call me old. You poke the bear. And then, you know what? You're Dylan Brooks. How's, you got to face the music after that. Like, if you were going to go and talk a big game, you have to be accountable. You got to be in front of the media. Everyone wants to hear what you have to say. The idea that you're going to duck after not getting it done, as far as I'm concerned, that's as cowardly as it gets. I wish that Dylan Brooks was three quarters of who he thinks he is because he, he he's about <laughs> half. He's about half of who he thinks he is. And on one side of it, I kind of admire his instinct to be a villain, to be physical, to to try and engage in in, in the mental warfare. The NBA needs it. I, I support it. He just isn't good enough is is the problem. But I will say Memphis impressed me last night. That game was sitting right there for the taking. John Morant missed a free throw with just over a, a minute left in, in regulation that really could have made a difference. The single biggest difference to me with, with Memphis 
they can't shoot. They can't make any threes. And and this is the only way that because of the physicality of the Lakers and the inside, the, the Lakers owning the inside the way they do. If Memphis can't hit threes, they they can't they can't win. They can compete though. No, but here's here's the interesting thing. You got Luke Kennard, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the game, and he's sitting there rotting on the bench for the end of the fourth quarter and the entire overtime until the last possession. Meanwhile, you're letting Dylan Brooks just sit out there and do nothing. He's not stopping LeBron James anyway. He's not hitting threes. You know, if, if Luke Kennard, you know, is playing, you know, a couple of those possessions, they might have won that game. And, you know, Desmond Bain had a monster game. Monster. He did everything he could possibly do. But he can't be the only three-point shooter out there. And then you got John Morant. Like, he's like New Jack from ECW. He could jump over a table at this point in time. He could, like, anything can happen with him in transition. He just has to slow down. He reminds me of John Wall in, like, 2013. House knows all about it. He just doesn't know how to play at a slower pace. He had a three, two-on-one fast break and tries to jump over LeBron James. Like, what are you doing? Well, and you think about the end of that game where it felt like Memphis, fellas, was in complete control in the fourth quarter. A couple of things you got to note here. D'Angelo Russell hit some monster three-pointers for the Los Angeles Lakers that kind of kept them afloat when Anthony Davis was doing very little. And then, of course, you got to look at LeBron James, where he took the game over. He gives you a 20-20. He gets the bucket to tie it. I don't know how that wasn't mentioned. Uh, he did post-game commentary after the game. I don't know how you don't ask that question about the final basket in regulation to go and tie the game. Like, that's what I wanted to hear about. Forget about the end one. That, to me, was the moment that tied the game for the Los Angeles Lakers. And LeBron was absolutely brilliant. So you have the Lakers, guys. They're up three games to one. House brings up some fair points, though, with Memphis. They, to me, have been, what's the word, spunkier in this series than what I've seen so far from Cleveland. And trust me, guys, the last thing I want to do right now is put the kibosh on the Knicks. Like, I actually was walking around town today getting my coffee, and somebody who's a Brooklyn Nets fan who's a fan of the podcast is like, JJ, congrats on the Knicks. And I looked at him and I said, congrats for what? I go, we're not touching the money here. I go, they're up three games to one. I am not dancing in the street with all those lunatics on 7th and 8th Avenue yet. If they win the series <laughs> and they do something they haven't done in decade, then by all means, I will be willing to go dance in the streets and celebrate a franchise that's been a joke for a decade, finally winning a playoff series. So I'm going to ask you first, House. You got two 3-1 series deficits here for Memphis. They got two or three potentially at home. And Cleveland in the exact same boat. Who's got a better chance, you think, of making this a series? Memphis or the Cavs? It's Memphis for me, and it's it, the reason is twofold. First of all, what happens in, in Memphis in terms of their home court advantage, the reason that they went 35 and six, um, you know, at, at home, they there's just a different energy to that team, and they're so young. It's a young team. And and that this is really goes to something we talked about as as the seedings were coming into view. We were lamenting. Damn it. I was really loaded up on this Memphis team potentially making a run. The one team that scared the pants off of me as this thing lined up was the Lakers. It turned out to be the Lakers against Memphis. This thing is going down exactly the way that you would expect the Lakers to, to handle their business, to assert their will. The veteran presence of AD and, and LeBron 
is just unmatchable. But the reason I say Memphis and I prefer Memphis to Cleveland coming back is because there's always, always, always injury risk with the Lakers. So if if LeBron or AD have to miss any time at all, that tilts the whole thing. And, you know, Memphis is learning on the fly. This is, you know, it's the seasoning of this young team. They're missing big, big parts. They're missing interior stuff. But I still think that they, where the three-point variance is is the difference in the series, to, to my estimation, that at home is something that, that they could get um, rolling with. So I prefer Memphis to Cleveland. I feel like Cleveland has an institutional problem where Memphis has more of a variance problem. Yeah, I, I think Cleveland probably has the worst coach in like out of all of the 16 playoff teams. JB Bickerstaff, I mean, like I think we could do a better job. I mean, huh. like at the end of the I hate to say it, but I mean, House knows what I'm talking about. This this is pretty awful. And then the fact that you 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 have Donovan Mitchell and you have Darius Garland, they are taking turns having awful games. I mean, like I said Donovan Mitchell was the best player in this series. I was wrong. Thank you. Because it's Jalen Brunson. I appreciate that, Raheem. That is that is what you call a man of honor right there. Because, Raheem, that was a big talking point. That was a big narrative going into this series. Donovan Mitchell coming back to the place he wanted to play. Donovan Mitchell getting the opportunity to shine on the grand stage. And he has been thoroughly whooped by Jalen Brunson. And I know it's four games into the series. And Mitchell still has a chance to right that wrong. But, Raheem, you know this better than anybody. This has been the second year in a row Jalen Brunson has outplayed Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. And I, I just don't see that changing. And the fact that, you know, the, the Cavs, they have a wing problem. You know, if Isaac Okoro was out there, he can't hit open shots. They, they, I mean, he can guard, but he can't do anything else offensively to make things, you know, keep the defense honest. And that makes things harder on Mitchell and Garland. And then you look at Karis LeVert. They'll live with him out there. I mean, he can't defend anybody. So it's just, I mean, it feels like the Cavs are kind of drawing dead at this point. They're playing two bigs, and they still get out-rebounded. So I'm not trusting this Cavs team. You know, I put out a poll last night on Twitter, which one of these 3-1 teams has the most value to come back. 24% said Cleveland. But I think you're drawing dead with that bet. I'm right there with you. And I want to commend Tom Thibodeau because there are a lot of coaches that to me, fellas, would not have the gall and would not have the stones to make the decision that he made on Sunday afternoon. Because how says you're watching that game, Julius Randle's playing like crap. I mean, he's taking terrible shots. He's not giving you the effort you desire on defense. Who knows if it's, you know, the element of the ankle. Who knows if it's just him in the playoffs being tight. But he sits for the start of the fourth quarter and the Knicks are humming. Obi Toppin's giving him good minutes. The bench is giving him good minutes. Madison Square Garden is coming alive. Barrett, who has been much maligned, played really well in the two games at home. And Tibbs was like, you know what? Randall doesn't have it tonight. I'm going to let this unit go and close and finish the game. Like, uh, I know he's old school. I know he ticks some people off with the idea that he's playing guys way too much and way too deep in the blowout games or whatever. But I thought that was one of the best coaching decisions House we've seen so far in this postseason. Well, and that's one of the elements as to why when we were sitting together with the pod father sizing up this very series, one of the advantages that we pointed to was Tibbs over JBB. And we sort of wondered aloud as a group. I, I my own self had a perspective on this. I, I, I don't I didn't think that Cleveland had another gear in them. 
and and you know it has been the criticism of of Tibbs. Now the the extra gear from the Knicks has been on defense. They keep showing Donovan Mitchell new new looks virtually every single game. He's getting double teams from places he's not expecting it, and they're willing to live with the variance of of the young kids. Darius Garland is twenty three years old, and this is his very first legit playoff series. Uh, uh, the same is true of, of, of Mobley. And they're just taking advantage of the inexperience of, of those guys, guys that coming into this series, when we're looking at paper, we're like, hey, we like you know the way that Garland played in the regular season. Mobley was a defensive player of the year candidate. Those dudes just don't have any playoff chops. So the point about Tibbs and, and sitting Randall, he's got that playoff swag. Tibbs has been to the playoffs. Tibbs has done stuff. Those players trust him. He has a special relationship with with Randall. It goes up and down. But look, man, you 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 can't uh uh dis- you, you can't move off of how good Brunson has been. And Brunson is the, is is the guy that makes the whole thing work. And I do think to be fair to Julius, there is still some ankle stuff. You're seeing it. He's saying that he's playing through it, you know. And and I'll I'll be I'll be fair to him. But but truthfully, the Knicks have been the more composed team, the team with poise, the team with a game plan, a game plan to go to Dreams Point with JBB that's working. Cleveland can't score. They've only scored 100 points in one game, and they won the game. All three of the games they lost, they can't get to 100 points. They shoot, you know, in, in, the, in the low 40s, and they can't shoot from three because the Knicks are up in them. And I think that that's sustainable f- for the Knicks, which is why I would not pick Cleveland to be coming back from that three to one deficit. Having said all that, uh, I like Cleveland to win game five. <laughs> you know, game five, I'm glad that you brought that up because we have an instance, fellas, of the three one team at home laying pretty significant juice, Raheem, you know? And listen, we've seen it go in both instances where the team up three one says, listen, we got the game in our back pocket. If it's not getting off to the start that we wanted to get off to, all right, maybe we're going to lay back a little bit here. Maybe we're going to ease off the gas a little bit and you'll get them Friday night at Madison Square Garden. My counter to that, though, the Knicks aren't wired like that. Like, this is a Nick team that gets after it. Like, they have dogs. I mean, Jalen Brunson is a dog. Josh Hart is a dog. They don't strike me as the sort of team that I mean, they may go and play poorly, right? Like, they may go and not hit a shot. They may struggle. It may be a repeat maybe of what you saw in game number two. But I actually think that five and a half, I'm inclined to take the Knickerbockers here to keep the vibes going just because I think there's a lot of killer instinct in this team. How do you feel about game five, Raheem? Are you going to play this or are you kind of in a wait-and-see mode? I'm going to be honest with you. The thing that jumps out to me is this total. I mean, we're looking at 202 and a half. I mean, this is, I mean, this is 1990s all over again. This is early 2000s. And it just seems like they can't make these totals low enough. You know, my model for this game actually puts this total at 191. I mean, that's how bad, you know, these offenses have been. I mean, you got two teams with offensive ratings of 104 and 108, respectively. Um, And, you know, I just, as good as the Knicks been, they've struggled to score too. I mean, they've been dominated on offensive rebounds and it's just, you know, you, you see the Cavs offense. So I I think you got to look under here. Um, 
I'm not really a big fan of playing the Cavs at minus five and a half. I think you're laying an inflated number. Um, I think this number should be around, you know, four, four and a half. I think they're they're charging you desperation juice. And I, I just, I don't want to lay that. So I'm good on that. Is that a thing, Raheem, in your opinion? The idea that the odds makers say, hey, the team 3-1 back pocket, they got a home game to work with. And those lines sometimes in a game five are higher than they should be. You see a lot of that? Yeah, I mean, you you see it with the Miami Heat versus Milwaukee Bucks series. I mean, that opening line for game one was minus nine, minus 10. We're looking at minus 11 for the Bucks in game five. So um, you're just seeing that in all of these game fives at home that, you know, they're just charging that desperation juice. And I just, I never want to lay an inflated price. All right, boys, a week ago, it was all good vibes for Sacramento. They won the first two games in their home building. The Warriors had the Draymond Green question. Well, now you look, never uh, never underestimate the heart of a champion. That's the great Rudy T quote. We're seeing that from Golden State. I also think we're seeing some inexperience now from a Sacramento team that's in the playoffs for the first time. And listen, you're seeing these odds get back to where you thought they would be. And, and I kind of think we're at the point now, House, with the De'Aaron Fox injury and with the inexperience of the Kings and with the Warriors being able to taste that second round, we're going to be stunned, right, if the Warriors go and lose this series? I know I'm going to be at this point. Well, we have to see what the story is exactly with Fox. I don't... They, they, they So far, the reports are that they can bandage the hand up in a manner he can play. Unfortunately, it's his shooting hand and it's, a, it's his index finger on his shooting hand. That's an important that's an important construction right there. But like what's the bandage going to look like? I I anticipate that he's going to play at least, you know, to try and contribute defensively and we'll just see whether or not he can do anything on offense. I still think, you know, I, I, the Golden State Warriors all season long kept telling us we're messed up on the road. I, four points. They're favored by four going into Sacramento. I'm not. I'm not laying points with Golden State on the road. We just watched them all season long. Now, to your larger point, it's tough to come up with the scenario where I, I have the Kings, you know, o- over Golden State. Um, but in, in, from a series perspective, I asked you guys at some point along the way here: Is there any possibility that Mike Brown, because of his familiarity? with Golden State and, you know, his ability to sort of game plan, to put his guys in their best position, is there any possibility that there's an advantage in in that, you know, where we're doing this the, the chess matchup? I really feel like Mike, Mike Brown has been pushing all the right buttons um, in this series. And, you know, we, we, we are one Harrison Barnes, you know, uh, uh, pretty good look at this being 3-1 going back to Sacramento. I mean, HB had a good look at it at the end. That thing was right online to me. Yeah, I mean, that was that, that was incredible. And, you know, what we are talking about is Steph Curry became Chris Webber for the moment. You know, Oh, they my were goodness. Could you imagine if they had lost that game, what we'd be talking about? It is crazy to think about. That is, and he'll get a pass because they won the game, Raheem. That's such an excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah, I mean, they were up five with the ball. And next thing you know, it's a one-point game based on what that timeout. So um, I, I think the Golden State Warriors have the momentum. 
I think you want to wait on this injury news because, I mean, like how said, laying four on the road with Golden State, um, it's almost untenable. But when you look at the fact that, you know, De'Aaron Fox, he is doubtful for this game. And, you know, while we do think he's going to play, we don't know for sure. But, I mean, the issue for the Sacramento Kings is that their second, I mean, their two or their three best players aren't playing well. Kevin Herter is three for 21 from behind the arc in this series. DeMontis Sabonis, I mean, like Draymond Green has that guy in jail right now. So um, I think the Kings might have reached the end of their rope, um, especially with the Fox injury. The one thing I'll say about Fox is that, you know, in the past, you looked at him as a guy who's just a slasher. But this this year, this guy is unstoppable in the mid-range. He's unstoppable from three. He has a, a legit jumper. So if his hand is messed up, then I think they're in trouble. So um, I'm going to stay away from this one until I, I get some more news on that. Well, the odds makers clearly believe the Kings are in trouble because the serious prize is basically back to what it was at the start of the series house, where Golden State is minus 270 to win the series. So we got our numbers right. We got the Syracuse education back working. <laughs> and Sacramento is at plus 220. I'm glad you brought up Sabonis. I think he's been completely out of his element in this series. And, and I wonder, House, is it the, the physicality? Is it the Draymond Green effect? Whatever it may be. We're not watching the same Sabonis that we saw thrive throughout the regular season. He has not been that guy. It's a classic matchup situation. I think if you go back and look at all the matchups, um, Sabonis, throughout his his career against this Golden State team, there's just uh, something about, you know, the, about Draymond in particular. But he has not, throughout his whole career, had great games. It, they, they just play him a certain way. He's still collecting his rebounds. But the scoring that we've seen out of Sabonis over the course of the season, he can't get comfortable, uh, and and it really is a lot of a lot of Draymond. You got to give Draymond credit, man, for all the nonsense. That's a dude who puts up, you know, and and and, and doesn't need to shut up because he keeps showing out. He was the, the the difference once again in the fourth quarter. Sabonis had some looks, and Draymond is in there, you know, blocking shots and getting his hands on on, on the ball. It's just a bad matchup for Sabonis. I'm not ready to uh, pour any dirt on on, on the body. The biggest variance in Dream Hit it is is is, is, is Herder. If if you know Red Bomba two gets going at all, and if there's a scenario like, look, we just watch it with R.J. Barrett, right? That Madison Square Garden crowd really rose to the occasion with R.J. and brought him along and nurtured him into the best version of himself. I don't see why Herder couldn't come out if he if he like knocks down one of his first couple. And, and like just gets a feel, that's the variance that that could be the difference. And that's why, you know, I'm not laying any 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 points with Golden State. What what if he comes out and has a, you know, six for, for 10 kind of game from three? And I think it's important to watch how he shoots immediately right out of the gate. Like Raheem, going back to the RJ Barrett comparison, being there on Friday night, he hitting his first shot, I, I thought it was like just so key because he was so bad in the two games in Cleveland. The Nick crowd, the minute he missed a shot, would have been like groaning. They would have been like, ugh. Anytime he touches the ball, anytime he shoots it, for him to see it go in, then all of a sudden the Garden crowd's like, come on, RJ, we got you back. Let's get going. And to House's point, they kind of nurtured him. Herder's a little different. He's not the same type of player as RJ Barrett. Obviously, he's going to be a guy that wants to catch it, wants to shoot it, and that's his game. But I do think there's something to the idea of, hey, let the first one go in, Raheem, and then all of a sudden he can gain his confidence and get cooking. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I mean, this guy's been really good all year. He's been like another Splash Brother. So it's almost inexplicable for him to be shooting this poorly. And, you know, the one thing I will say is that this Kings team as a whole, they shot poorly from three, and they finally broke out in game four. They were 14 to 35, 40, 40% from, from three in game four. And you saw that game was really competitive down the stretch. So um, it is possible that Herder can break out. And if he does then I think the Kings have a real shot. So I'm thinking way too far ahead, guys. But, you know, I'm pretending to be the late, great David Stern. And, you know, I think about David Stern drooling over the possibility of Steph Curry and LeBron James playing in a potential second-round series. I know the networks, the idea of the networks having Lakers and LeBron, Curry and the Warriors, and the Knicks, and, oh, by the way, the Sixers and the Celtics playing in the playoffs, like, that is, like, it's just a ratings bonanza for the potential of the NBA in the second round. But Raheem, I'm looking at the title odds, right? And, and I see where the Warriors are at, and I see where the Lakers are at. Golden State's at 7-1 to win the title. The Lakers are at 14-1 to win the title. And if we get that series next round, am I getting Golden State at minus 160? Am I getting Golden State at minus 2? Where do you think that series price would be? And I'm going to be, listen, I'm invested in the Lakers. I am not invested in the Warriors, so... You know where my rooting interest will be. What do we think an early series price for Lakers-Warriors would be? That is tough. Um, I mean, and the reason that is tough is because I think you have to look at, you know, whether Golden State goes, you know, seven or so. Um, you know, like, I think this would probably be, you know, like Golden State minus 130 um, in that range. You know, I like that. The Lakers, the Lakers have been like an elite team, you know, since you know, since the, the trade deadline. So you're not going to see a, a, a crazy high price. And then, you know, Lakers are a public team. So I, I think you'll see something like that. Yeah, let me, I'm going to knock on wood real loud so we can hear it on FanDuel TV. Nice work, what, house. Look what, at you, what man we really people. want, what we really want, and I'm praying for that series just because, you know, I, I we love the legacy. We're all about the legacy uh, here on, on, on East Coast Bias. I want to see that 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 combination, but I want to see everybody healthy. So I'm knocking hard on wood yeah. because the way this thing is lining up, it should be Lakers take care of business against Memphis four to two. I'm okay with Memphis go ahead and winning, holding holding serve at home, and then you go back to LA and LeBron and AD close it out. They get a little bit of rest maybe because I do think this Golden State Sacramento series. I mean, it just feels like seven. Every which way. And then the price to me, if those guys are healthy and get a little rest, it's it's like slight favorite for Golden State, but not huge. I think Dream nailed it. It's like minus 130. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was minus 125 because um, there, there will be some Laker love out there. Boys, when we come back, we have an NFL draft to get ready for. And maybe it's because this is a year where I don't have New York teams in my life picking in the top 10 uh, it's definitely got a different vibe. There are a lot of quarterbacks in play and I'm trying to figure out a way how I'm going to bet this bad boy. We'll figure that out. That's coming up next. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 
All right, before we get to some NFL draft stuff with the props market, these Tuesday games stink. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They are three awful basketball games. You have a monster spread for the Hawks and the Celtics. You have a monster spread for the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. And you have the smallest of the monster spreads from Minnesota and Denver. Before I tell you which one of these three has the best chance of covering, forget about winning, covering tonight, Raheem, I defer to you. It's 100 time. Take it away. Okay, we are 19 of 14 plus $350. Yesterday we went two and one. The Milwaukee Bucks over team total 112 and a half. That went over Milwaukee Bucks first half minus three and a half. We hit that. And then as you guys know, Memphis Grizzlies, you know, they, they, they did us dirty at the end, but it's okay. We're back with another pick today. We're going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. Phoenix Suns over 224, 110 to win 100. My model using playoff numbers puts this at 230, so this feels a little short. I mean, this series is going over 224 and three out of the four games. One game that didn't go over, Clippers shot just 43% and 32% from behind the arc. You look at these two teams, they are second and fourth amongst playoff and play-in tournament teams and free throw rate in their non-garbage time minutes. So when you look at these two teams, you can see a lot of fouls tonight. And the Clippers can't defend the this, this Suns team without fouling. In addition, this is the first two-day break in between games. So that's key for a Suns team that's playing Kevin Durant and Devin Booker 43 minutes a game. And I think the break in between these 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 games, you can see a faster pace than we saw Saturday in which you had a game with just 94 possessions. That was one of the slowest games in the series. Suns are second in offensive rating in the postseason. Score 119 points per under possessions and 118 points per game. So you can expect a similar output from this Suns team. And, you know, like with this being an elimination game, you got to look at this. The Clippers are going to play all out to the end of the game. I mean, you can see if this is close, you're going to see a ton of fouls down the stretch. If not, you're going to see extended garbage time. So you look at the Clippers, they're averaging 33 games. You look at the Clippers, they're averaging 33 threes a game throughout this series. They shoot a decent percentage. This flies over the total. Let's go over 224. So only one play tonight, Raheem, and I can understand why, because yeah. you didn't want to get involved with any of these underdogs. And you don't want to be laying 11 or 10 or 12 or whatever the case may be in a playoff game. So I, I will endorse your overpick. We will root for it tonight with the 100. House, out of these three underdogs, I don't think we expect any of them to win. But out of Atlanta, Minnesota, Clippers, who's got the best chance of keeping the game competitive? I really like Minnesota. Uh, to keep the game competitive. I I think that they've really kind of found something. I love what we've seen out of Anthony Edwards this whole series. The variance has been um, Carl Anthony Towns. Seems to be he is that dude, um, you know, which is to say not very good, not very good in, in, in playoff time. Um, I actually, JJ, have, a, you know, we deserve a break today parlay. Now, uh, maybe I'll have some chicken nuggets with it. Maybe I won't, but... It would be nice if for Thursday night, the NFL draft, there was no NBA, so I'm not doing split screen. I'd like to just focus on the NFL. My C words are going to be picking in the middle of, of the first round. I have to stay up late for it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and play the favorites. And then if you just put, you know, on, on the money line, Boston money line, uh, uh, Nuggets money line, Suns money line. And then if you just add in there 
Minnesota, uh, you know, catching the, the the ten, which is where the line is right now. You flip that up to three to one odds on 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 the plus side. If you just play the favorites, it's minus one ninety three on the let's we deserve a break today parlay. But I'll I'll probably play both to be honest with you, JJ. Um, if you want to get involved with the one two three Cancun parlay, if that is something you guys want to do tonight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You got to lay juice house. I'm looking right yeah. now on FanDuel. Boston, Denver, Phoenix, minus 193. Who screws, right. Raheem, who screws that up? Who screws that up? I'm going to say, oh, this is tough. I mean, I wanted to say Minnesota, but the reason I'm not saying Minnesota is because they're, they're missing slow-mo. And I mean, they don't have any more wings. I'm going to say the Phoenix Suns screw it up just because the Clippers, they can go out there and shoot 40% from three. And they could, you know, steal this game. So that's where I would go. Listen, tough to make a case for any of these underdogs winning outright, but I would be with House because of the fact that Minnesota played a competitive game two, showed you fight, and ended up winning game four. That would be my choice, but buyer beware with, with any of these games. So with all the NBA playoff action going, you know, for us, it feels like the NFL draft is kind of snuck up on us a little bit here, House. Number one overall pick. It feels like everybody thinks it's going to be Bryce Young. Unless you're on a Reddit stream where all of a sudden Will Levis is getting all sorts of play and all sorts of love. Uh, You have any interest at the moment, House, in taking Will Levis to be the number one overall pick? Or is that a no for you, dog? Well, I don't understand why Carolina would plant all these people in in the Reddit stream to try and talk up somebody that they don't intend to take. Uh, I don't think it, aren't these prices slotted now? Like they don't have to, they have the number one pick. Why does it matter? It's going to be Bryce young. That's what makes the most sense. I mean, the, the Reddit, uh, conspiracy theorists are, are, are wonderful, but I'm more interested in, in some of the, the props we can play like number of quarterbacks taken in the first round, like number of running backs taken in the first round. And the unders on both of those are, are plus money right now on FanDuel. Uh, under four and a half quarterbacks. So you're saying there will be only be four quarterbacks taken in the first round plus 158. So that means somebody I think has to be prepared to take hooker in the first round. And I mean, that just feels like a bridge too far. And then running back wise uh, under one and a half is plus 112. That means that you would somebody, you would take somebody in addition to Bijan. I don't, I mean, haven't we learned? Hasn't the NFL learned? Like, look at the teams that were in the final four of the conference championships and look at the running back position. You don't need to draft a running back in the first round. So I'm playing both of those props at, at plus money. That, those, those are my favorite bets uh, that I've, I've seen thus far, JJ. And Raheem, I have one I like. And I know a lot of teams have spent a lot of time over the last couple of years taking wide receivers very, very early in the draft. You know, you think about Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, just to name a few. You even think about the the 2020 draft where it was Judy and it was CeeDee Lamb and it was Henry Ruggs and it was Justin Jefferson. And there's been this run on wide receivers the last couple of years. I actually don't think you're going to see it as much in this draft. I think... There are some intriguing wide receiver prospects, but nowhere to the extent that we've seen over the last couple of years. And a lot of teams, I think, are pretty solidified at that position. So the total right now for receivers drafted in the first round is at three and a half. I'm going under that total. I know I got to lay a little bit of juice here, 
But I'm going to lay minus 125 that we are talking under three and a half wide receivers and look for this to be a draft where the quarterbacks take center stage early and then it's going to get down and dirty with a lot of offensive linemen and a lot of cornerbacks. So I think the second round is where you see some of these receivers pop up. But Raheem, that's the one I like. Under three and a half wide receivers drafted in round number one. I'm not mad at that at all. I, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, you know, me, I, I, I want to look at some um, Bijan um, Robinson props. I think, you know, if you can get him inside of the top 20, I think that's a good bet. But um, I don't have much. I Like, like I really, I'm, I'm so knee deep into the NBA playoffs right now that, you know, I, I need to dig into this a little bit more. <laughs> well, and if you look at some of these props that they have on FanDuel, like Jackson Smith Najigba, who I, I think is the best receiver, him and Quentin Johnson out of TCU. His over-under, House, you got to lay minus 360 for him to go over 12 and a half. The, the one I do like, though, and, and I was looking at that, too, with B. John Robinson, under. You got to lay some juice, though, Raheem. That's a little bit more juice than I thought it was going to be at 12 and a half minus 162. Yeah, I mean that that is shocking. I, I thought it was it was it was fifteen and a half. I think that line actually moved. So you know these markets are really fluid. Well, you know it's draft time and NBA playoff time when Fanduel is just throwing all of this stuff at us and they're telling you to react and they're telling you to make some noise. Speaking of making some noise, before we say goodbye, we will get you ready with at least a pick or two for the Wednesday NBA playoff action and. Jets, a little too overvalued in the market with Mr. Rogers now in the fold? I say so. We'll wrap it up next. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use gift mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, it's official. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. He's in the loaded AFC. He's in the loaded AFC East. Raheem, overvalued? I say so. Oh, way overvalued. 39-year-old quarterback, 21st in EPA per play. Same division as the Bills and the Dolphins. I don't like it at all. New Yorkers, sit tight. Just let the market work itself out. Let's see who the offensive line is. You don't have to jump in on the Jets right now. Wait till August or September and then get in that market. And my thing with the Jets is, I know last year, you can make the argument they win a couple more games with a different quarterback. But let's remember, the NFL is very year-to-year. And if you look at that AFC East, Buffalo's won the division each of the last three years. The Miami Dolphins, if you tell me they got two on the field for, let's say, 16 of the 17 games that they're going to play with an improved defense with Vic Fangio, they're a team that was in the playoffs last year. So no cakewalk for the New York Jets as far as just being a team that's right there with Cincinnati and Kansas City in the AFC. I think that's totally out of whack. I think it's totally overblown. All right, fellas, quickly. Wednesday, NBA plays. House, the floor is yours, sir. Take it away. 
Well, we touched on a lot of this. I'm I'm on the under in that Cavs Knicks game. Dream laid out the case for us. I also like the Knicks catching the five and a half. Memphis at home. I'm gonna go ahead and play them on the money line. I think the Bucks handle their business. They can lay the eleven. I have no problem with that. And then Sacramento at home. Why am I gonna lay points with Golden State? Sacramento plus four at home. Don't be a dummy and parlay all of these. But if you do, it's a five leg same game parlay. Almost. 20 to one, just put five bucks on it for fun, just for house. Well, listen, house, I I love the odds. I love the spirit. I love the pizzazz. I'm going to keep it a little simpler for the two plays I have on Wednesday night. I am riding with the New York Knickerbockers. I think the killer instinct is there. I think that team will be ready to go. I'm taking them five and a half, and I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. The idea that maybe I will not be at Madison Square going on Friday night. I actually think that sounds appetizing because we'll be talking about the Knicks winning a playoff series for the first time in a decade. Taking them in three to four games, have success there. So I'm taking the Knicks plus five and a half. And I like Sacramento. Different team at home, Warriors, different team on the road. I'll grab four and hope you get a spirited effort out of the young Kings. So Knicks and Kings for me, Raheem, what do we got? Uh, Okay, I already gave you guys the Cleveland Cavaliers, New York Knicks under I think I'm going to go with another under. I like the Memphis Grizzlies, Los Angeles Lakers under 22. When you look at both of these two teams, they both struggle in the half court. And they just have just one day off in between an overtime game. We all know Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they are injury risk. They're kind of older. You look at this Memphis Grizzlies team, when they can't get out in transition, they struggle to score. So, I mean, this last game went to overtime. And that's the only reason went went over. Let's go under here. Under, under, under. And by the way, that has been a common theme in what you have seen with the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers, bringing basketball back to my childhood. I mean, it's Madison Square Garden. It's games on Friday and Sunday, and it is ugly, ugly basketball. For Joe House, Raheem Palmer, John Zostremski signing off. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. Thank you for watching on FanDuel TV. Ringer Gambling, East Coast Bias. The boys are out. We'll be back later in the week. Enjoy more of the NBA playoff action and the NFL draft. We out. Be good, everybody.